You are listening to episode 198 of the Confident Coaches podcast, the one where, listen, you're going to stop flogging yourself with arbitrary records. All right, let's go. Welcome to the Confident Coaches podcast, a place for creating the self-confidence you need to do your best work as a life coach. If you want to bring more boldness, more resilience, and more joy to your work, this is the place for you. I'm your host, Amy Latta. Let's dive in. Hello, coach. So this is going to sound like a weird opening, but let's just dive in. I live in a house of sports people. Like specifically, my my husband and my oldest son are like, they, they love like statistics. They, they know all of the records. Now, mostly baseball, some football, some arbitrary things. I don't even know where they get from. It's all irrelevant to me. But these two can tell you like, the first time a pitcher threw a no-hitter or the most stolen bases, who it was, how many it was. Like they can just regurgitate this stuff. My dad could do the same thing. And here's the thing. These statistics, they, they represent numbers of the very few. And the, this idea, it's affecting how you are showing up in your coaching business right now and every day. But I want to offer to you that after this episode, you're going to stop flogging yourself over things you do not need to flog yourself over. Okay? So buckle up, strap in. We got some major analogies coming your way. We're going to be calling some truth to bullshit. And you're going to leave this episode with a brand new focus. You ready? Let's go. Okay, so let's get back to the sportsing. <laughs> no, it's really important you, that you know, I am not necessarily a sports person. Um, I certainly don't keep track of like statistics or anything like that. Like I know a handful because I grew up watching tons of baseball. But I know enough like, you know, I've, uh, I've watched the Olympics ever since I was a little kid. You know, I've always been fascinated by world records. Do you know what I mean? Like, no one had ever done a triple axel until somebody did a triple axel. And now everybody's expected to do a triple axel, right? You ever notice that? That there's like things that were never expected when I was a kid in the 80s watching the Olympics that now it's like, don't even bother if you don't. Like, where did that come from, right? And it wasn't until that first person did it. And I think about this. I remember, you know, when Michael Phelps in his heyday breaking one world record after another. And I'm like, those records were supposed to be impossible feats. Like they were never going to be broken until he broke them. And let's talk about running. I'm the furthest thing from a runner, but watching Usain Bolt, like he's now considered the fastest man in the world breaking speed records. It's astounding. He's considered the fastest man in the world because he can run a hundred meters in less than nine seconds. Like very few people have ever done it under 10 seconds. And he's the only one who's ever done it under nine. And that was just sometime in the past few years. And while it will probably be a long time before someone beats it, people do expect that eventually someone's probably going to come along and beat that record. And then I think about long distance runners. And again, if you've seen me running, you should probably also run. I'm probably being chased, hopefully not by zombies. (laughs) 
I'm not a runner. But until somebody broke the four-minute mile, that seemed impossible. And while it's still considered a pretty phenomenal feat, it's not something most runners will ever do. But once it's been broken, more people have done it since, right? So if you haven't picked up what I'm throwing down yet... That's on you because I'm really pounding this analogy really damn hard into the ground. (laughs) Because right now in the coaching industry, there is this phenomenal record that someone broke a few years back and now everybody expects that they're going to hit it too. When like before somebody did it, no one had ever done it before. And now there's this expectation that everybody should do it right out of the gate. doesn't make any sense, right? We need to talk about the reasons why that is and call some truth to bullshit so that every single one of you can stop flogging yourself over the fact that you haven't hit it yet or that you may not because that may not be the record you should be going for. And of course, I'm talking about making six figures in the first year of being a life coach and quite frankly, making six figures in the first few years, five years or more of being a life coach. But let's start with the one that keeps coming up over and over again. And this is a conversation I have had with clients in one-on-one sessions, with, with people on the internet, with, you know, in, in Ask Me Anythings. I've seen this conversation. I mean, this conversation has permeated our industry. And in general... It's not just life coaches, right? Like online business in general, six figures has become this magical number. And the people who get there first are celebrated. This is true in coaching, direct sales, almost any online business of any kind. Honestly, you know, once upon a time, six figures just as a salary. Now with the way the economy is, I don't know where that six figure line is anymore. It has been... 17 years since I've been in the corporate world, so I don't know the going rates of things. I'm definitely showing my ignorance there. I fully admit it because I've been in the online business world for over 10 years and I just know that that's been this marker, right? It's considered the crown achievement. By the way, don't worry. Once you achieve that crown achievement, the crown will suddenly become not so shiny because you'll suddenly realize that there's more crowns waiting for you past that one. It's a never-ending cycle, by the way. Okay, that's not what this episode's about, though. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about the fact that once you hit 100K, it's expected you're going to hit 200 and 400, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because isn't that what you should be striving to achieve? This episode is specifically about certain coaching communities who have recruited so many people into the coaching industry for a variety of reasons, absolutely. But one of the predominant ones, one of the main ones, You too can become a six-figure coach in a year. Come get certified by us. You'll either be making six figures as a coach with your own business, or hey, we'll hire you to work for us. And that hasn't so much worked out that way. And yeah, we need to call truth. Some of of it's flat out bull. Some of it is a little bit manufactured. There's, of course, with anything, there's just enough truth to it. Right. And this is where, you know, me, I'm going to say it a thousand times. If I say it one time, more than one thing can be true at the same time. Right. So I went through my coaching certification with my coaching school in April 2016. And I did attend the life coach school. 
Now, I can't be sure exactly how many coaches had gone through certification at the school at the time. Maybe a few hundred? I'm, I'm, I'm honestly not sure. But it was three figures. No one who had gone through the certification had gone from brand new coach to six figures in one year. Now, there were established coaches who were already making money who would hit six figures that first year of certification. But like truly no business existing whatsoever to 100K in a year hadn't been done. But in the spring of 2017, one of my classmates, a brilliant human being, by the way, an absolutely astounding human being, hit 100K in 12 months. And something happened in a lot of our minds. Most of us, it was like, holy shit, if she can do it, what's, why can't I do it? Now, I eventually figured out why I couldn't do it. Confidence, by the way, what's the name of the podcast? <laughs> I realized that I didn't believe I could handle whatever came my way. I'm desperately people-pleasing left and right, terrified of failure, absolutely devastated at the idea that anybody would ever not like me. I mean... All of the subjects from the last 197 episodes, right? So the following year, I was one of 10 coaches that was part of a mentoring program to take coaches from zero to 100K in a year or you get your money back. And I think it's really important to know 10 coaches started that program. Only four people finished. Only four people didn't ask for the money back. And only two of those four people went from essentially zero to 100K in a year. Uh, one member didn't quite get there, but she was well on her way. And then and then there was me, who there was when I signed up for the program. And then by the time the program started a few months later, I was already working with another coach and I was working on my belief. I was working on believing, uh, you know, self-concept, um, all of that belief work that you're going to find in all of this podcast that you're going to find in free to paid coach, you know, all of that work of really learning how to, um, you know, believe even when there's doubt, all that good stuff, right? I'd already started working on that. So by the time the program started, I wasn't at zero. I was already gonna get there. So that means that by 2019, really only three coaches had done that zero to 100K in a year. And yes, more coaches have done that since. But by 2020, that was the party line. And the reasoning at the time that no one else made it wasn't that maybe that's not the only goal we should be working for or that there are other ways to get there or that there are factors that may be at play that aren't being addressed. It was just like, your why must not be hard enough. Basically, it must be your thinking. Which... We all know it's so much more nuanced than that, right? And yet by 2020, it was the party line that if one person can, we all can. And here's the thing. It's not impossible, right? It's like breaking the four-minute mile. Someone, before someone did it, no one had done it. And as soon as someone did, it opened up space in everybody's mind that it was possible. Same thing with 100K. It's possible it can be done. But what's happened is instead of using that for inspiration, we were now using it to flog ourselves because it's possible. And also, a small fraction percentage actually do that. And no one is out there really saying, how can we hold that possibility 
while not flogging ourselves if we don't make it happen. And not saying that our why isn't hard enough or that we have too many thought errors. And it's so much more in depth than even that, right? Because we're still holding the measure of success as being the 100K. That's still not even being questioned there. And it should be. And it should be. Let's talk about that. So I think about those runners who see that the four-minute mile can be broken, right? And you can actually run it in less than four minutes. But most runners in the world, good runners, fast runners, consistent and happy runners, runners who have been on platforms getting awards, runners who are out there every weekend winning races that maybe you've never heard of, most of them are never going to break the 100-meter or the four-minute mile. They're, ne- they're, they're never going to break those records. They're never going to come close to them. And yet we aren't thinking that they suck because of it. Right? Do you see what I'm saying? you see where I'm going with this? Because there's no reason that you should be thinking you suck because you haven't hit some arbitrary revenue goal in a certain time frame. Now, I want to be really clear. I do think it is pretty shitty that a person of authority in the industry sold their coaching certification with the you-can-do-it-to sales pitch. I also get that the possibility of that happening exists. And rather than talking about it with nuance and love for everyone, instead it's talked about very clean cut. Here are people who've done it. Never mind that it's a small percentage, so you can absolutely do it too. And don't think any other way because your thinking creates your results. And if you think you aren't going to get there, guess what? You're not going to get there. So you better think all of the time. I'm absolutely going to make 100K this year. It's my first year. It's absolutely happening. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. Impossible goal. Impossible goal. Go try all of the things. And if you don't make it, or if you pull back in any way, or if you decide to take time off, your why isn't hard enough. And who, yeah, do we see that that's, that's a problem. <laughs> and I think one of the biggest problems with life coaches in general is we, we forget how to hold the nuance, right? If there's one thing that you're going to hear me repeat over and over again, two things can be true at the same time. The possibility of that existing can absolutely be there and we can hold space that that possibility exists and we can visualize it and we can set our sights on it. And also it's okay to entertain other possibilities. It's okay And it doesn't mean that your why isn't hard enough or that you're full of thought errors. There's so many factors at play. We've seen time and time again, why would you ever believe that you weren't going to achieve that too? Because if you believe you aren't going to achieve it, then you aren't going to achieve it. So much breaking down of our psyches and of ourselves and all the doorways that shame is being like allowed to enter into. We also need to talk about the achievement of the it, right? We keep talking about it. Let's go back to that runner's analogy. Why do we decide that Usain Bolt is the fastest man in the world? Like, why do we decide that the 100 meter run is the designation for fastest man in the world and and the achievement as opposed to the world record holder for the mile run? It's, It's an arbitrary designation, right? Like, why isn't the person that can run the fastest mile run the fastest man in the world? Or 
let's talk about like why not the person who does the a marathon like there are people out there running 26 miles in two hours why isn't that person the fastest person in the world i mean because they're running with endurance right they can run fast consistently for two hours (laughs) why isn't that the designation for fastest man in the world because it's all made up Uh, points don't count it's all made up you see what I'm saying all of it it's arbitrary it's so arbitrary the awards the accolades they they are they are arbitrary they are made up measures of success and what I want to offer to you is just because a lot of people are on board with those made up designations of success you do get to decide whether they're your measures of success and I'm not knocking anyone who decides that they are. This is for people who are using those measures of success to beat the shit out of themselves because we're not doing that anymore after this episode. It's not happening. It's not happening. This is where we acknowledge, yeah, kind of sucks that that was the, the, the sales pitch that we were given. And now what are we going to do about it from this point forward? Like I just really think, why is 100K revenue in a year the measure of success why isn't it income instead why isn't our quality of life or time spent with family or friends or a hundred other combinations that a hundred different people might come up with why isn't a life coach who's making an extra thousand dollars a month in income paying for their parents medical bills why isn't that an award-winning achievement of success that sounds pretty fucking amazing, right? By the way, the answer for all of this is unfettered capitalism and patriarchy, but you you knew that, right? <laughs> it's also not what this episode is specifically about. We also need to consider like the people who achieve it, right? These arbitrary numbers of success. The support that people have to hit those records. The support, the natural abilities, natural talents, the coaching, the access to coaching, access to facility, access to training and nutrition. So like I think about my two boys, right? Two boys, same parents, raised in the same household, two and a half years age difference. So yes, they're technically being raised slightly different, but as close to being the same as possible unless they were, abs- unless they were twins, right? Same access to things. Listen, one of those kids can sprint And one of those kids can run for endurance. Can you imagine if I picked one of those things to be the marker of success when it comes to running? No, I just have two different kids with two different abilities. One's not better than another. And yet, we're doing that in the coaching world. That your 100K revenue is more important than your, say, 45K of income. Why? It's all made up. It's all made up. I can't stress enough how made up it is. Like some coaches are going to naturally get the hang of business. Maybe it's because of what they did in a past life. Maybe they just have the natural like acumen for it, right? It's just like when I went to college and I'm sitting with my friend who is an accounting major and me who is a marketing major and I got an A and she got a D. (laughs) That that was awkward, (laughs) by the way. We were roommates. It was really, really awkward. But like some of us just have like a natural affinity for things. It doesn't mean that you are terrible if the business side of entrepreneurship or the business side and entrepreneurship, that aspect of being a business owner doesn't come as naturally to you. That doesn't mean you suck. It just means that like 
you got to learn a few more skills. You might need a little bit longer to understand something. It's totally fine. It's totally fine, right? Some coaches are going to naturally have more self-confidence. Not me. <laughs> Remember, that's what I realized was, was, was my thing when I saw a peer get there in a year and I, we had the same training. We had the same thing. I already had a coaching business that was running. Why couldn't I? I'm like, oh, I see a lot of that. Oh, for me, it was confidence. I needed somebody to help me work on those things, right? Some of y'all don't need the confidence as much, but you need to stop beating the shit out of yourself, which is part of confidence. Some coaches, they're not going to have any learning disabilities or neurodivergence of any kind that they have to accommodate. And then let's talk about the money that it takes to achieve that. Listen, no matter which kid I want to support, I can probably afford the coaching and the training and the gear, the shoes, the nutrition that they're going to need to succeed, whichever one that they wanted to go after. After that first year of certification, I made $6,000 that year, and I couldn't afford to pay for any additional coaching after I certified. It was, you know, it cost me, uh, I think, 14 k to get certified, and I made 6 k that year. I couldn't afford to keep, uh, keep coaching. Also, that wasn't considered a completely normal thing to do back in 2016, but when a handful of those coaches who'd, you know, done that thing who'd never been done before, you know, they had actually paid higher dollar amounts for additional coaching. So obviously that's seen as something that not everybody can do. Most people don't have access to those sort of funds. And that doesn't mean that you suck. That doesn't mean that you aren't worthy of still celebrating every milestone, every marker of success that you decide is important. The only reason I was able to invest in the mentoring program to make 100K was because I inherited money from my grandmother who had passed away that year. And at that point, I had made back enough money from coaching to pay off any previous debts. I also have a spouse who works full time, who ensures that my house and my food and my clothing and all of those needs are taken care of. None of my coaching has to pay our bills. At least they didn't back then. And yeah, I do have some neurodivergence working against me. I know y'all know about my recent ADHD, but I didn't know that at the time and I was still able to power through a lot of it back then, which I just was not able to do anymore. And also that's not really a selling point, right? <laughs> the fact that I was able to shove that uncomfortableness in a box isn't necessarily a positive, but it didn't really stand in my way completely back then. Um, I mean, I can see now how it was a little bit, how it was influencing my lack of self-confidence, how it was really influencing my people-pleasing. But, you know, I was able to accommodate through a lot of that because that's what a lot of us do until we can't do it anymore. Again, that's not what this episode's about either. Here is really the most important part. The answer isn't to pull down the accomplishments of coaches who create 100K in their first year. No matter what combination of advantages they may or may not have had. Or any coach who breaks out and just suddenly goes from like, 100K to a million dollars in a year. This isn't about tearing anyone down because that is amazing. It opens up doorways of what is possible and these stories should be shared and so should the stories where that's not the point, where that's not the achievement. 
where people have started coaching practices to create a small boutique practice that's very specialized for a very small amount of people or a part-time practice or an entirely different model, unique on all of its own that fits that person's life. Or stories like me, right? I um, it's don't think it's going to be on the website anymore. I'm in the process of updating because it might still technically be there, but hopefully by the time this episode comes out, it won't be that I took four years and 15 months to make 100K because four years of not having a clue as to what I was doing and then 15 months of actively working on my self-confidence and my belief, right? With the advantages that I had still going in my corner. But even my story shouldn't be the only antidote to achieving 100K in a year because the emphasis is still on the 100K as the only achievement worth achieving. It was a lot coming out of my mouth at one time. And while... I do understand what I needed and what I didn't have as an advantage. I do understand that it was the confidence building, dismantling the people pleasing. I did still believe for many years that the only goal that mattered was that 100K goal. I did feel an enormous amount of pride when I got that first award because that is what had been paraded around me because of the coaching school that I went to, because of the communities that I put myself in, because of, you know, like literally look all around us right now. It's surrounded by everything where everyone is telling us that that's the most important thing. But in the past 18 months, I've really been unpacking those capitalist ideals. Listen, it's not easy. And it's not that six figures is wrong to want. It's really about understanding the why it's so important to you. And if it's just, well, just because that's because that's the marker. I invite you to explore deeper. Why is that the marker for you? I know that it was the marker for me because I had attached all my worthiness to it. That I had decided that that was the only reason that I would know that I've made it. So what do we really do from here? Like first, I really think like the first step is What do you need? Do you even know the answer to this question? What do you need to make to break even on your investments so far? Do you know? Do you know how much you've invested? Do you know how much you've made? Do you even know if you're in the red or the black? Now, I do have a feeler out to a past guest to come back and talk about like legit startup costs, expenses that are reasonable and normal. Like I don't have them to share with you here, but you can assume like you do need to spend money to get a business up and off the ground. There are expenses that need to happen. You will be in the red. Red meaning you have more expenses than you have revenue, particularly if you haven't signed any clients for money. Obviously, all of your numbers are going to be red. They're all going to be expenses. That's not necessarily a problem. That's incredibly normal. And the the variance of money Again, not what this episode is necessarily about, but I do want to make that episode where we can talk about what's considered normal for an online business. But it is normal. But do you even know what you've spent so far? And do understand, you will need to continue to spend some money going forward. I mean, I spend money to have this podcast produced every week. I spend money to host my online business. You know, I I used to spend a lot more money than I do now. I've just definitely cut a lot out. I'm sure there's probably more I could cut out, but there are ongoing expenses to running a business. Again, very normal. (laughs) And again, I think it's worth a conversation to figure out what is actually normal. But take a look at what you need 
to recuperate your costs. What do you need to recoup your costs? And how are you going to make that happen? Create that plan. And then commit to making that happen using what you already know, what you've already learned. Now, you may or may not need some additional investments. You know, I'm not having this conversation one-on-one with you, so I can't really give blanket statements on a podcast that a thousand people are going to listen to. But if you keep focusing on, I'm not at 100K and this person says they're going to get me there, that's a terrible reason to keep spending money. (laughs) Maybe this is the magic bullet. Maybe this is the magic pill. Okay, these five programs didn't work. Maybe this program will work. How about we actually see, like cull the really good stuff from what you've already done and come up with a plan from there. You may or may not have some gaps to fill in. I really don't know what those may be, but trust yourself to see, okay, like what do I have here? What do I actually have in front of me that I can work with? You know, I am more concerned with you learning how to sign paying clients, how you show up in the marketplace, how you differentiate yourself in the marketplace, and a plan to move you to creating income, not just revenue. Which, by the way, do you know that difference? I have found that a lot of people don't. There's sales. Sales is how much coaching you've sold, whether you've collected that money or not. So like if you do payment plans, there's going to be a difference between your sales and your revenue because revenue is cash collected in a year. This is what a 100K award or a $1 million award is about. It's revenue cash collected in a year. It may or may not be reflective of your sales, And it's certainly not reflective of how you're actually doing as a business owner. Because then you have expenses. This is what it costs to run your business. These are startup expenses, initial investments to get up and running. And then there's ongoing expenses. Like once you're up and running, what you need to continue to pay every month for whatever services you might be paying for, right? Those are your expenses. And it's not uncommon for expenses to be higher than revenue. Profit is your company's revenue minus expenses. Is the money left over after you've paid for the coaching and the technology and anything else you need to spend on your business. But the most important number is your income. That's your money. What you pay you. Okay? And I want you to consider that someone with 100K revenue may not actually be making any money as an individual person. Or that you could have more money in your bank with a revenue of two to $300,000 and very low operating expenses than a revenue of a million dollars and very high operating expenses. This blows people's minds, but it's absolutely possible. So when you're setting goals, what happens when you make income the goal? How would you gauge success now? How would you evaluate yourself? What would be your measure of what's working, what's not working when income and not arbitrary revenue numbers are your goal? How would you change how you invest? How would you look at your expenses? Because that's really what I want for every one of you, your gauge for success. It should be different for everyone. And yes, I think it's amazing how many coaches are creating over six figures and seven figures and eight figures of revenue, but you know, we can create really phenomenal lives in so many different ways. It doesn't necessarily get more phenomenal the higher that revenue, depending on who you are, what you value, what you want your day and day life to look like. So first goal, 
to set? What gets you out of the red? What helps you? What recoups the costs that you've already spent investing in your business? Do you know what that number is? And then next, what's an income that elevates your life? Yeah. Like I have to tell you, 18 months ago, realizing that I had had $425,000 in revenue, but after payroll, which means that went through payroll taxes, etc. Amy and Trey Latta, we I only ended up with 50K that year. So Amy Latta Coaching made 425, but Amy Latta as a person, as a human being, made 50. And I'm the business owner. <laughs> Like, do you see how I could make twice as much money with a fraction of that revenue? This is why those revenue goals are so arbitrary and it's not the most important thing and it's not the number we should be focusing on because it doesn't actually elevate your life. Yeah, it might win you awards. It might get you access to certain rooms. But what's actually going to elevate your life? That's so much more exciting, right? So these questions that I've just asked, like the breakdown of like what sales, revenue, expenses, profit, plus the questions that I just asked, that is actually a post that exists right now in Play More, Sell More. That is my free Facebook group. So if you haven't joined it, just go to Facebook, type in Play More, Sell More, look for the group and ask to join and just put like, how did you hear from me? You just put the podcast in there and I'll let you in. I'll make sure there's a link in the show notes as well. And... I do. I am serious. What is the fastest way to help you start recouping some of those investment costs? What would you need to sell? Who who are you selling to? Like business basics here, right? And also, yeah, I do have paid programs you can hire me for. And also that doesn't mean you should hire me. No one should be hiring me because maybe I'll be the thing that'll work right? That's a terrible reason to hire me or any other coach. And I'm not going to lie. I've done it myself. I see you. I hear you. I feel you. I'm raising my hand too. But I just want to offer to you that that's not the energy to invest in. Maybe that person will have what I need. So you shouldn't be hiring me because you hope that I'm the magic bullet or I'm going to give you the magic bullet or the, the, you know, that's going to be the, the, the missing piece. You should hire me because you know you need marketing strategy and talking about it in a way that is not extractive of your clients, that has your clients and your audiences best in mind all of the time, and or learning how to believe you can handle whatever comes your way. Truly working on that foundational confidence that you want to make sure that you have so that you aren't a highly successful in the traditional capitalism success version of success, making six figures and worried that it's all going to go away tomorrow. Hire me because you want to understand like what are your values and your mission? I'm like, who the fuck do you want to be in this industry and be so solidly sure about who you are, what is valuable and important to you and making sure all your decisions are coming from that energy. And if you honestly do not have the funds to hire another coach, then focus on implementing what you've already learned. Put that free content that you've taken and put it all together and make a plan from there. Repeat what's worked in the past. Try something different if it's not working and keep going. But keep going, not because you have to hit an arbitrary goal to prove your worth, but keep going because 
You know, life coaching is, it's fucking magical and it changes lives and it moves needles forward and you can't imagine not doing this. And yes, as I mentioned before, the website's getting updated. It will be updated with those offers. If you are in a position to be able to bring on a coach to support you and the things that I've talked about are the things you, you want to work on, I do have two things that start the first week in September. One's for newer, newish coaches. One's for established coaches. It's the marketing and the confidence work together. I have spots for one-on-one for those that need or want and have the ability to invest in that deeper work. But now that you know the truth behind the 100K first year, you get to decide in your own damn possibility. You get to set your sights. Not on somebody else's goal for you because they told you that this is what is important, but on your own goal. You deciding what is important. You deciding where you want to be by the end of this year and by the end of next year. I can't wait to see what you create and I'll talk to you next week. Coach, it's time to sign your first free client, your first paid client, your next client and to learn how to do it consistently and having a hell of a lot of fun along the way. This is exactly what you're going to do in Free to Paid Coach. It's the only program giving you step-by-step what to do to become a paid coach and step-by-step how to handle the roller coaster emotions that come with doing what you need to do to become a paid coach. If you know you can't not do this life coaching thing, but believing that you can do it, handling rejection, and remembering how to do all of those things shuts you down, the free-to-paid coach community is waiting for you. Find everything that you're looking for inside. It's only $1,000, payments are available, and then you are in forever. Visit amylatta.com forward slash FTPC to join us right now. See you inside. Let's get paid, coach. Thanks so much for listening to the Confident Coaches podcast. I invite you to learn more. Come visit me at amylatta.com. And until next week, let's go do epic stuff.